Good morning, Murray Hill. So glad to see everybody here this morning. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, welcome. Uh, let's uh, stand together. Let's sing praise to the Lord.
a little bit better. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. So awesome to see all of your faces today. If you're joining us online, we can't see your faces, but we know you're there, and we're glad you're joining us too. Um, just a few announcements today. The first is, as always, if you are interested in membership at Murray Hill Church, let us know. You can do it online. You can come in person. Remember, it's not just about being in the physical presence of the church on Sundays. It's about being a part of a family together. So if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email at info at murrayhill.church. Um, and just a friendly reminder, as we are members of Murray Hill Church, that giving is a part of our worship. So you can give um, by texting to give. You can go to give.murrayhill.church. You can mail in your giving. So thank you for continuing to be faithful in that um, discipline of worship. It helps us move forward with um, the ministries that we have and keeping the building in tip-top shape for our guests and all that good stuff. Um, okay, so want to tell you we have a church workday coming up, and it's going to be on the 21st of this month, so we need all hands on deck. We're going to start at 9 a.m. There are going to be things like power washing, gardening, landscaping, trash pickup. We need, if you can come, come help us out. It's just something we do every once in a while to keep the building looking good and spruced up and spiffy, and um, so it's just a fun part of being a member at Murray Hill Church. So hope you can make it out on the 21st. Um, and I have one, if you haven't seen, sad announcement. Um, our friend and member Cindy Stockton passed away. And so just want to let you guys know about that. Um, more info to come on service information. We'll let you know through the email chain um, once we find out about that. Okay, so we're going to celebrate a little bit because we have come to an end of the summer. And we had a few graduates in youth groups. So um, a few weren't able to make it, and that's okay. Life is busy, and they're working and traveling. But we do have one here today, Sabrina Coward. So, Sabrina, if you don't mind coming on up. And Connie and CJ, if you guys want to come up too, that would be awesome. All right. This is Sabrina. Sabrina graduated from Mandarin High School. Congratulations. You're welcome. <laughs> Sabrina is going to go to FSCJ, where she is going to study interior design and creative writing, which is super exciting. So cool. You get to be creative and use your gifts in that way. So we're so excited for you. This is just a little gift from the church and from the youth group for you. We're going to pray over you if you guys want to come up. Um, Connie and CJ, mom and sister. One verse that always sticks out to me when I think about youth group and you guys moving on to bigger and better things in life is in Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. It says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. <laughs> and it's great power for us who believe. So Sabrina, super excited for you. We're going to pray over you. Of course, this doesn't happen without parents without siblings. So thank you guys for letting us hang out with Sabrina over the past few years, and, and let's pray. God, just thank you for Sabrina, and I just pray um, for her future, God. You know what's going to come, um, and I pray that you equip her with the skills and um, the tools and all the things that she needs, and just as she goes onto the FSCJ campus, God, that you would um, help her to be a light for you, to bring love and grace to everyone she comes across, and that you would give her the skills and the discipline and the integrity and perseverance to work hard in her classes and um, to do well, and that um, people, when they see her and her work, that they see you. And so, God, I'm just so thankful for Sabrina and um, ask that you go with her over this next year and this new part of um, her life journey. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Congratulations. 
we're going to continue worshiping. So if you guys want to stand up, we'll just jump right back in. Murray Hill, join us as we worship our Savior together. Praise your name. 
the song says, the lost are saved and they find their way and that the enemy has to leave. Lord, there's so much about your name that we take for granted when we're not thinking about it, that we don't realize that you're always there for us even when we have nothing else. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to embrace your name, to call on your name, and that we would put our faith in Jesus so that we could live the life that you have in mind for us. I worship you. 
we bring all we are to you, Father God. That is admittedly not very much. But as we just sang, you're a promise keeper. And you teach us and you show us that when we seek after you, that you're there, that you're open, that you're receptive, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So we ask this morning that you continue to move in this place, that those of us joining us online continue to have an experience with you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. I want to uh, just start and thank you um, for the uh, number of people who reached out uh, to me this week, um, transitioning and, and uh, starting school, lots of, um, lots of love from you guys, text messages, cards, uh, Facebook messages, um, prayers, things like that. Um, definitely um, felt that, appreciate that. Uh, I, I have always known uh, that you guys um, love me, that you love my family, that, that um, uh, you know, as, as Doug has told you for many years, that you're great at loving on people. Um, but definitely got to uh, experience that again firsthand this week, so thank you. Um, also, uh, before we get into um, the message, because we're going to continue with Ezekiel uh, today, um, I just feel like uh, with all of the craziness that's um, been going on, <laughs> I would like to say for the last week, but the last month, the last 18 months, um, Pastor Doug's at home today uh, with a stomach bug. Um, we have friends, colleagues, peers, bosses, members, former members all over this nation um, in hospitals uh, battling COVID-19. Uh, they just had an earthquake in Haiti. There's hundreds of people dead, I'm sure, as they continue the, the cleanup and uh, the process of that. That number is going to um, continue. So um, I talked to the elders uh, this morning, and before we go anywhere, um, I'm just going to ask if, if they'll come up uh, and just we're going to kind of spend a couple minutes uh, in prayer, uh, and they're going to lead us. Feel, feel free to pray uh, at your seats to, to pray at home, um, but I'm just going to ask our, our elders that are here uh, to kind of lead us uh, as a church body uh, in some prayer time. Can you hear me now? There we go. Uh, there's no inherent power in the elders to accomplish anything more than you can accomplish, which is nothing. But we serve a mighty God who can accomplish everything. So we're up here as a focal point for your prayer. And we would like to pray over these situations. I'm going to ask Donnie to start and then I will finish. Um, as I walked into this room this morning, I felt appalled. As I'm in this place right now, I feel appalled over the fellowship. So many burdens, so many hurts, so many questions. Let's take those to our Lord right now. Let's pray. God, we come today and there's just so much going on right now, Lord. Um, 
I personally have friends that are uh, hurting and battling this, this, this virus, Lord. I pray that you'll just have your hand on them. I pray that you'll have your hand on the, the church service. I pray that you'll have your hand on everybody in this sanctuary. Lord, I pray for those, the folks that we know that are out there that are hurting across the country. I said, but Lord, we just, we have so many people that we're close to, Lord, that are just, just battling this right now. And, and we also want to lift up Haiti as we, as we heard the news of the earthquake of all the people that have lost life. Lord, I just pray that you'll be there. You'll be able to comfort people. Comfort us. Allow us to hear what Jay has to, to speak to us today, Lord. Pray that you'll be with him as he brings the message. In your precious name. Father, we come to you today and sometimes when these things happen, we just feel so powerless. We, we just don't know what to do. But you've told us to pray without ceasing. And as Gary said, our prayers are very powerful. Not because of the words we speak, but because of who you are, Lord. So today we come to you and we just lift up to you all the people who are hurting because they have lost loved ones or they're suffering from a disease or, or many of the issues that are going on today in the world. And Lord, we just ask you to show us what our part is in this as a church, individually, what we can do to help. And we just pray that you would lift the burdens from their heart, Lord. And we'll give you all the praise and all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Father, you hear the cries of your children. And Lord, we know that your word provides for us great comfort and great promises. Lord, you said that you would give us the keys to the kingdom so that whatsoever shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Father, you told us to pray in your name. So that's what we're doing right now. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this spirit of despair. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this spirit of depression. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this spirit of fear. For we know those do not come from you. So, Father, we pray for healing, for restoration, for comfort, for peace. And we know that that only comes through you, through the precious name of Jesus. Sing this with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Sing it with me. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. The light of his glory and grace. Amen. Thank you, guys. We are going to continue uh, where. Doug has, has left off uh, our story of Ezekiel uh, and our series, A Call to Crazy. So if you have, have not been here the last couple weeks, this is going to seem pretty odd, some of the stories we're going to talk about. And also, if you have been here the last couple weeks, this is going to seem just as odd with some of the stories uh, that we're going to hear because Ezekiel um, was 
uh, as we are aptly titling it, uh, called to do some crazy things. And so uh, last week, um, Doug had uh, the stories in, in chapter 4 um, about laying on, on his side for 390 days and laying on the other side for 40 days and God being able to bind him and he had to eat uh, the bad bread over cow dung and he had to build the little fort and show them, you know, how they were going to get uh, run out. Um, and so we're, we're going to move into chapter 5 today. Uh, and I would like to tell you that the story is going to get less weird. Uh, it's not. It's not going to get less weird. Um, I don't know if this was easier or harder uh, for Ezekiel when he got this word from God, um, but I would imagine at this point each new word he got from God, um, he was probably anticipating that it was going to be a unique directive. So we're, we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 5. If you are in the building and you're using the Pew Bible, it's page 829. And my subtitle here uh, says, God's Razor of Judgment. Verse 1. Now, son of man, take a sharp sword and use it as a barber's razor to shave your head and your beard. Then take a set of scales and divide up the hair. When the days of your siege come to an end, burn a third of the hair inside the city. Take a third and strike it with the sword all around the city and scatter a third to the wind. For I will pursue them with drawn sword. But take a few hairs and tuck them away in the folds of your garment. Again, take a few of these and throw them into the fire and burn them up. A fire will spread from there to all Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says. This is Jerusalem, which, is, which I have set in the center of the nations with countries all around her. Yet in her wickedness, she has rebelled against my laws and decrees more than the nations and countries around her. She has rejected my laws and has not followed my decrees. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You have been more unruly than the nations around you and have not followed my decrees or kept my laws. You have not even conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself am against you, Jerusalem, and I will inflict punishment on you in the sight of the nations. Because of all your detestable idols, I will do to you what I have never done before and will never do again. Therefore, in your midst, parents will eat their children, and children will eat their parents. I will inflict punishment on you and will scatter all your survivors to the winds. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because you have defiled my sanctuary with your vile images and detestable practices, I myself will shave you. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. A third of your people will die of the plague or perish by famine inside you. A third will fall by the sword outside your walls, and a third I will scatter to the winds and pursue with drawn sword. Then my anger will cease, and my wrath against them will subside, and I will be avenged. And when I have spent my wrath on them, they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my zeal." I will make you a ruin and a reproach among the nations around you in the sight of all who pass by. You will be a reproach and a taunt, a warning and an object of horror to the nations around you when I inflict punishment on you in anger and in wrath and with stinging rebuke. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I shoot at you with my deadly and destructive arrows of famine, I will shoot to destroy you. I will bring more and more famine upon you and cut off your supply of food. I will send famine and wild beasts against you, and they will leave you childless. Plague and bloodshed will sweep through you, and I will bring the sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. That is a very graphic and disturbing explanation of what was to come for the Israelites. And when we look at that process, um, there, there's a few things to see. Um, at the beginning, when, when he directs Ezekiel 
uh, to cut off his hair and, and to cut off his beard. Uh, in, in the culture at that time, to, to remove your hair, to remove your beard, um, was a sign of, of despair uh, and of mourning. And, you know, last week, uh, if you didn't have a chance to, to join us or to watch us online, Doug actually got down on the ground and, and laid on one side and got the little bread out and built his, his fort and everything like Ezekiel did in, in chapter 4. And so I, I didn't want to let Doug one-up me. Um, so... I decided I, I'm going to do my best. God would have had to tell me and Aaron for me to shave my head. <laughs> so, so I'm just going to go with my goatee uh, in, instead of my head. I want to make sure that I am welcomed back into my home um, this afternoon. Um, but just like that little moment, you know, that when, when I grabbed the, the scissors, you know, and, and they kicked on, those are crazy loud, by the way. I hope you people at home didn't just get blasted with, <laughs> with all of that sound. I apologize if you did. Um, but, like, I'm even looking at it now. And, you know, that was a nice, easy trim on, on a one guard. But, but God asked him not to get, like, barber scissors. God said, get a sword and cut your hair off because, because that needs to be emblematic of, of what's going to happen is, is that, you know, so many of, of the Israelites are, are going to die by the sword and a third of them by famine and, and a third of them basically just to the wind and that they were going to be pursued. And, and we can read all of this and, and we can see the descriptive words and the wrath of God. And even in all of that, we can still see that... God's directive is, verse 3, take a few hairs and tuck them away in the folds of your garment. So there, were go there was going to be utter destruction. There was going to be famine. There was going to be disease. There were going to be things that they had never, ever experienced before. I, he said, I've never done and I'll never do again. But there were going to be a few that were spared. And, and when I look at this and, and I look at, you know, what it was that they did that, that moved God to this point, when you look in, in verse 5, he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, this is Jerusalem, which I have set in the center of the nations with countries all around her. The Israelites were God's chosen people. They were the ones that were, were set aside to, to have that intimate relationship with God. And they had completely rebelled. They had completely turned away. Everything was what they wanted, and they were integrating the other country's gods and integrating other belief systems into what was happening in the temple. And Specifically, you know, we, we see the god Baal uh, that shows up in different places in the Old Testament. And so they had, had started to allow statues of Baal to be in the temple, to be in God's house, defiling God's house. This group of people that had this intimate relationship and this ability to connect with the one true God had completely forgotten that, had, had completely decided that that opportunity was just going to be something that they threw away. Um, I think when we 
when we look at our lives and, and we maybe are here and, and would profess to be a follower of Christ. Maybe we're here and, and trying to figure out what we believe and, and what we don't believe. You know, there are people joining us online from all over the place. They may be lockstep in with what's going on with our beliefs. They may be just putting their toe in the water to see what's going on. But, but as followers of Christ, much like the Israelites at that time, we have that intimate relationship. We have the opportunity 24-7, 365, to make that connection with God. And, and so I, I see this story, and you know my, my big thing, whether that's teaching here at church, whether that's teaching uh, on a school campus, is, is what does it mean? What, what's the takeaway? How does this apply? You know, if you're, if you're standing in front of uh, 11-year-olds trying to go through and, and teach them math, you know, they may not be the most motivated uh, people to learn math at 11 years old. And, and so trying to put some application on that helps to lock in why that's significant. And so I think what, what we see here is we see the Israelites defiling the house of God, the temple. But we know on this side of the cross, after the sacrifice that Jesus made for each one of us, there is no more room. There is no more building. There is no more curtain behind where God resides. Because what he tells us is that the Spirit is in us. And that as we walk around every day, all day, we are a visual, we are an actual temple of God because it is within us that he resides. And so I start thinking about myself. And, and I start thinking about God's temple that's right here, standing on this stage. And, and am I, as a follower of Christ, allowing that temple to be defiled? And so there's no statue to Baal inside me anywhere. Um, but I think that at different times in my life, there absolutely was a statue to myself. And so when I think about how many of us, maybe today, myself included, have the opportunity to defile God's temple, we, we can obviously, you know, listen speak, watch things that allow negativity, that allow sexual immorality, that allow poor things into our lives, into our minds, into our hearts, and that can drive a wedge between us and, and Christ and us and God and our relationship. But I think probably the, the most common thing is that it's about us. And it's difficult when we go through and, and we see, I think, in the temple, a, a physical statue to Baal. That makes a lot of sense. Like, you could walk into that place, you could touch that thing, you could see that thing. It would be super obvious that that's not what belongs here. But I don't know for me, in my life, when, when I think about when I kind of lean more towards focusing on me and, and less on focusing on others, that it's immediately that obvious. Like you could see a statue being built. But it's not usually like that for me. When, I, when I'm moving towards a focus on myself, it's little small things here and there. You know, I, I don't uh, immediately wake up and, and say, you know, today... I'm going to create, I'm going to, you know, have a violent act against another human being. You know, uh, I know Doug has stood up here before and, and talked about, like, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to rob a bank. Like, it's, it's small, little decisions that are moving you bit by bit away from the teachings of Christ and away from that strong relationship with God when, when you're spending time in the scripture and, and when you're spending time in prayer. And so what I, what I have noticed this week, um, uh, 
you know, is, is as I went through last week and the, the last couple weeks that um, new experience uh, with anxiety uh, and with worry uh, is, is that it really drove me back to the scripture and, and back to prayer. Uh, and so when we, when we think about what is the lesson that God is trying to teach us when we go through tough times and, and when we go through difficult times, I think that was the lesson for me. Is, is that I need to be, as a leader, not only in a, a leader here at this church, but as a leader um, on our campuses at, at schools, that I need to be leading, and I need to be hearing, and I need to be communicating with the Most High God. Because that relationship needs to be the most important thing. Because it is through that relationship that I can show love, that I can show grace, that I can be... Uh, the type of individual that people want to follow, that people want to say, I want to be on his team. I want to be a part of what's happening on that campus, in this building, with this group of believers. And so I, you know, I look back over the last few years, and I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting old now, so I guess I can look over the last few decades, um, and, and I can see times, you know, in, in my life where, where I had statues to me. And my, my extra time in, in prayer, my extra time uh, in Scripture, man, you chop that statue down like that. Because the Scripture reminds you over and over again, it's not about you. The world does not remind you of that. The world is telling you the exact opposite. And when I am not in scripture, when I am not in prayer, I hear the world all the time. And the world is saying, your rights are being violated. And the world is saying, don't let that person get in power. And the world is saying, this is your enemy. Make sure that you tell them how terrible they are and that you fight against them. And that's what we're hearing all the time. Divisiveness. We're hearing that we are in control. And yet, Scripture tells us that we're not in control. And that we're not supposed to be in control. And we shouldn't be striving for control. And so, you have this constant barrage of, are your needs being met? Well, you've got to be loud and angry. If you want your needs to be met, you've got to let people know about it. And, and yet we run back here and, and Matthew 5 and, and those teachings that, that Jesus gave us on, on the Sermon of the Mount, you know, the, the last shall be first and the first shall be last and, and turn the cheek and take it two miles instead of one mile. Like, he meant that. He did that. And there's no way we can come close to doing that and meaning that if we're not in that. And so I, I want you to hear me say that I was not in that enough. And, and these last few weeks and, and this new experience of, of not being sure of myself and, and not being confident in, in what I was doing and, and what I should be doing took me back. And so I, I pose the question to you today. Where are you? What is that relationship like with you right now? Are you well connected? Are you prioritizing others? Is it about them and not about you? Or do you, like I have had in many times in my life, have a gigantic J statue just right up in your heart, right up in your brain, prioritizing, well, I, I've earned this. Well, well, I deserve this. Because at the end of the day, where we are, this is not our home. And that's really difficult to process 
and to think about when I look at Emily and I, and I look at James and I think about, you know, that, that I'm called to build them and that I'm called uh, to make them little Jesuses. The best way to do that is to be one yourself. And there's no way that in my abilities and in my knowledge that I can do that. It's through a strong relationship, through time and prayer, through having an open heart, open eyes, open ears to what he's leading me to do, to say, and who he's leading me to be. And so I, I apologize for having a one-point sermon, <laughs> but that's where it's been for me, is it's not about me, and that's, that's really easy to see and hear when you're in a tight relationship with God. And that's really easy to completely forget and ignore when you're not. And so my, my challenge to you, is one that I'm going to have to continue to challenge myself with as we move throughout this fall, is just one of self-reflection. Who's the statue that's in your heart, that you're worshiping, that you're bowing down to, on a daily basis? Is it, is it who the world tells you you are and what you deserve? Or is it who God tells you you are? And what he commands us to do and how he commands us to live. I'd encourage you to think on that this week. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the story of Ezekiel. Thank you that you have not called us to lay on one side in the middle of the city or to cut our hair off with a sword. But God, sometimes the things that you call us to are still challenging for us. They still make us uncomfortable. They still are things that are not necessarily number one on our to-do list. God, we know that your word reminds us that it's through your power and it's through your abilities, not those of our own. And so as we go out this week, I just ask that you show us your power, that you show us the great things that you are doing that you're allowing us to join with you in and give us that prompting, give us that leading to participate with you in showing the world who you are, in showing the world the peace that you can provide in their lives. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. I don't know where you are in, in some of that that we talked about today. If you feel like, you know, things have never been better. If you feel like, you know, if you prayed this afternoon, you'd have to like reintroduce yourself. If you're somebody maybe who doesn't even really know how to pray, who am I praying to? What am I praying about? Is there anybody actually there? You're in the right spot, regardless of what your answer is to that. If you're joining us online, this is the place for you. Because this is not a place full of people that have it all figured out. But this is a place full of people who are trying to be more like Christ each day. And we're going to mess it up. but we're going to hold each other accountable to love each other in the good times, in the bad times because we're a family.
That's what families do. So regardless of, of where you are this morning, with all of that, just know where you are this morning is the right place. So we're going to sing together. I'm going to be through those double doors. Love to have the opportunity to have a conversation with you. If you're online, shoot us an email, a text message, anything like that. We'd love to connect with you. Um, not that we're going to have all the answers, um, but we certainly love to engage in conversation uh, to pray for you and to do what we can uh, to help you get connected to God. Let's stand and sing. Thank you, Murray Hill. As you go out this week, let's remember to be salt and light and show people God's love. We'll see you here to worship together next Sunday.